Isaiah 55, 9, the Lord says, For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, God has the ability to separate the spirit from the natural. And as beings created in his image, we do too. As new creations seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, we're commissioned and anointed to see things from the same kingdom perspective that he does. As kingdom bringers, this Christian walk is no longer a spectator sport. We're in the game, and we're on the move. Are you ready? Let's do this. This is the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. You were probably searching for Joel Osteen or Stephen Furtick, but you ran into us because I'm sure you were scanning the top five iTunes podcast list and uh, sorry you accidentally landed on this bozo clown show. So we're good to go. My name is Darren Eubanks. I'm here with Scott Tilly. What's up, Scott? What up? What up? It's good to uh, be back. Is this our third episode? This is episode number three. Good grief. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This one's going to be fire. Should we just end after three? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just it. keep it clean. Let's just do it that way. <laughs> or not. How about three million? Deal. Three million? Contract is signed. That'd be a record or something. Wow. Okay. We're going to go after it. No, we want to give a quick shout out, like usual, to Building Solutions, Brian Marshall and the crew. Check them out at bldgsolutions.net. I got it. I got it. About time. Building solutions. Check them out for all your building and constructions needs. They are, I said constructions, constructions needs. <laughs> they are our, our sponsor, and we're happy to have them. Thank you so much for everything you guys do down there. Check them out. We'll have the information in the show notes as well. Also, we want to pump up the Facebook page because it doesn't get much traction because nobody goes on there and looks at it. <laughs> Facebook, check us out at, at KB Podcast on Facebook. We'd love to have some interaction with you guys. So uh, get on there and say something so we can say something back because we like to say stuff. Right, Scott? Absolutely, we do. I don't know anyone in the ministry who doesn't like to say things. Okay, that's enough talk. So, <laughs> we also would love to have your guys' questions, comments, feedback, and you can email us at thekingdombringers at gmail.com, thekingdombringers at gmail.com, and shoot us an email. We will email you back because we're just, I know we're getting huge and we're getting like <laughs> uber popular and like... The fans lined up outside the door right now are crazy. I feel like I'm on TRL, bro. I got like <laughs> fans out there with signs saying Scott Tilly for president. Let the boy dream. Let I the love boy his dream. beard. His beard. Hey, will you will you marry me, Scott's hey, beard? Listen, yeah, crazy. listen. Will you? We all pray for me. You, you have to understand the the conditions that I have to deal with with this dude. Like, <laughs> I really need your prayer. He, uh, you can hear um, in his voice. He's he's kind of got a few screws loose, but there's the a spirit of jealousy <laughs> that rises up every time Scott's beard walks in the door. So it's kind of like have you have you seen the movie Roxanne? I don't think so. Steve Martin has a big old nose, like a crazy nose. And there's a joke on there. It's like 
Well, your nose was on time, but you were five minutes late. <laughs> I feel like that about your beard, bro. Your beard, especially today. He came in on the motorcycle today, and that thing was out of bounds. It was cray-cray. Literally brought my brush with me so I could straighten that thing out and not scare the kids as I walked in. Yeah, so we were we were considering, at least I was considering, having his beard as a third guest on the show, <laughs> but he combed it, and we're it's no longer alive, so we're good. We're good. Oh my goodness. We, <laughs> enough of this shindig. We're done. <laughs> hey, we're going to do things. Uh, last week, we kind of introduced you to Scott Tilly a little bit. Um, this episode, I want the world to know who I am. So Scott Tilly is going to kind of take, take over here, ask some questions, and I have no idea where this will go. So my finger is on the stop button at any moment. I could turn this puppy <laughs> off because he's going to be out of his element. <laughs> And talking, probably not. Here's so. the thing. You you put me on the spot last week. I had no clue what was coming. The depth of it had no clue um, how deep it was or how deep we were going to go. And you asked some really tough questions. Uh, I really had to open myself up and be transparent, which I preach on a lot. So... It was kind of pivotal for me to follow that lead with you, and I want to say I thank you for making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, man, that's kind of what I do. I think I'm good at doing that. And uh, we, if you want, man, we can soften them up today. You know, no kind of like no kind of like good bad, good cop, bad cop. If you want, yesterday was the hardball stuff. Today we can kind of do like some softball questions oh yeah sure since it's your turn we'll do the soft yes i am wearing a white shirt next question (laughs) so i want to ask you right off the bat we talked uh briefly about this in the first podcast but you had a um a stirring in your heart to do some of this stuff early on why is that why did why was podcast so heavy on your heart and you were passionate about doing that that's a good question i think First of all, it was a great outlet for me to get fed when I listen to podcasts. So I, you can find just about anything you want to find, right? And so that's where I, you know, I check out Bill Johnson or uh, Dan Muller or Todd White or really in, anything that you want to find online, you're going to find. Hmm. And so for me, podcasting, like, again, we kind of alluded to it earlier. I like to talk, man. And sometimes my wife does not want to listen. You don't say. Sometimes my friends don't want to listen. So this right here, this is like something that's always been attractive to me, being able to just sit down in a room and just talk, you know, because I do feel like, man, as, as kingdom people, I feel like God inserts thoughts and he inserts ideas and like kingdom seeds in your heart. Mm -hmm. And he's gifted some people to just speak it out. And I think that's, I I've always had just a passion to just speak out you know, maybe that's the evangelism side of me. I don't know, but I just, I really like to get the, get the message out there. You know what I mean? Good, man. It's good. Yeah. So just to scratch the surface, tell me a little bit about Darren Eubanks early ministry. How did that get started? What, uh, what were your dreams and your aspirations and your visions for? Did you always have a kingdom mentality? Were you always a kingdom guy? You know, I think I probably had um, a, a spiritual perspective for sure, but I wasn't really introduced to the, the kingdom language or the kingdom mentality until, I don't know, four or five years ago. 
Um, I'd say at about 15 years old, I was, I was pretty sure that ministry is something I wanted to do. Um, and I've kind of been doing ministry ever since then. So, you know, 15 years, what am I? 30 years old, Scott? No, no? that's okay. not true. Dang it. Be honest. Yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> I don't even know if that math was right. Wow. You didn't, you didn't, you guys didn't come into the, uh, math RS podcast. So anyway, I'd say about 15 years old, I really got introduced to, and you're probably familiar with the, like the lay witness missions. Mm-hmm. Um, basically a, a group of people put together, um, average everyday lay people and they go from kind of town to town and church to church. I went to Buckland a couple times with that and just some, some small towns throughout Southwest Kansas, went to Wichita a couple times and kind of organized the youth portion of that, like the youth ministry aspect of that. And that just always excited me. Um, and so I've always been very youth ministry focused. And I think, you know, in, in my early twenties, I was a youth pastor for a while in a small town. Um, always kind of done, always had my hand in youth ministry. I was very attracted to the youth side of things. I kind of had a rough, um, a rough time during my youth. So I think I had a heart for, for reaching out to, to Christian kids, Christian youth. And yeah, I'd say that's where I got my start anyway, was just kind of from the youth side of it. Um, yeah. Awesome. I want to, I want to just give a little bit of prelude to our connection. Yeah. Can, can I do that? You can. I know it's about you, but I, I, you, you alluded last week to what you remember about me, some things specifically early on that struck with your heart about me. And I kind of want to honor that about you, if you, if we can do that. Um, so Darren um, kind of hung around Buckland. Uh, Jetmore and Buckland are – 45, 50 miles apart, and he kind of hung around Buckland when I was a kid, and I, I just remember seeing him on the tennis courts. He was kind of, kind of this. Um, can I? How deep can I go with this? Go like, deep, bro. Okay, so this is the black painted fingernailed kid. Okay, hold on. <laughs> with long hair and, uh, but underneath all that, there was a presence, you know, um, and I think that that. You said you were kind of in tie with the youth. I would say that's 100% correct because I remember being kind of attracted to the personality that you carried and just kind of whether it be balling on the tennis courts or... Oh, I was balling. <laughs> or talking about Jesus in between games or whatever, man. I, I just remember uh, that whole... That was your persona, man. And what's cool about this gang is there was a disconnect for probably 15 years. You know what, man? I wouldn't even say we were ever really connected. That's true. Right? That's true. I mean, I was a little older than you back then, but uh, I knew who you were from like sports. Yeah. I used to be a sports journalist and um, I would cover like all these small town football teams and whatnot. And Scott Tilly was a stud like all American football kind of king guy. And I used to cover him just on the football field. And that's, you know, and I think he actually used to hang out with the, the brother and sisters of a girlfriend that I dated in Buckland. And so I probably just know you just from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, so fast forward 15 years, 
there's um, a church started in Dodge, and I, I'm really hungry at this time. I, I actually fervently prayed for about six months for God to send me like-minded men that I could kind of come up under, and they could kind of come up under me, and we could have like, you know, fellowship together as brothers. And so I went to this church, and guess who's the first person I see when I walk in the door? And there was something very, very specific about Darren that I remembered from my youth. He had, and so there was a connection. There was, God was stirring. It might have been a 15-year progress. For but, sure. Or process, but anyway, he had a long sleeve on, and I told him, um, I didn't even introduce myself or anything. I walked right up to him, and I said, hey, roll your sleeves up. And he said, what? And I said, let me see your forearm. So he rolls up his sleeve, and he's got this tattoo that I remember uh, seeing from youth, it says Jesus on his forearm. And I'm like, yep, I knew that was you. Anyway, it was almost like an instant, can I say anointing? Like it was so. an instant anointing. Like, yeah. man, it was just, it was kind of like a, a long lost brother. Um, you just, even, even though, like you said, we weren't really connected, but there was a connection there. God was doing some stuff that we didn't see preparing hearts and so I walk in, see Darren and his wife and his kids, and the, from then on, man, it's just kind of been uh, stewarding and cultivating some pretty cool spiritual stuff. Yeah, it's cool. I know from my perspective of that story, I remember being, we actually used to, in this church, we used to meet upstairs, and I, you can, there's, there's windows where you can actually look down and like across the street, and I, I remember looking down, and I, I saw Again, I, I covered you in sports, and I, I knew who you were from that, and I, I saw Scott Tilly walking across, and I was pretty excited because, man, I thought you were, like, super popular and, you know, kind of a big deal. I don't even think that I really knew about you preaching necessarily in Buckland, but I saw you coming across, and so I knew who you were. I really didn't think you would know who I was at all, and I wasn't even thinking about that when I kind of met you at the door, but, yeah, it was pretty cool when you – when you uh, pointed out my tattoo, I had no idea that you even knew who I was. So like it, it kind of proves that back in the day, um, there was an attraction and there was something there that, that you noticed about me that I wasn't even really trying to do anything. I don't think to get your attention, but yeah. Yeah. So, so this sounds just, like a romance story. Just what the so heck are you we know, about? church, whoever's listening, God will use tattoos. Yes. <laughs> over use tattoos. and over again. Um. All right, man. I want to get into some meat now. Is that cool? Yeah. We've talked about the spiritual milk. We've we've drank of the spiritual milk. Now it's time to get into some meat of Darren Eubanks. First off, man, I want to know like where is Darren at this point? in the ministry side of this call that God has put on your life specifically. Where are you at, man? Next question. <laughs> I told you we were going deep. No, man, I'm here's the deal. I it's official. Like I am called to the ministry. And I think I felt that calling early on, like I said 15, 16 years old, uh, really had a desire for it most of my adult life, but never thought it was something that was ever going to take place. And um, probably fell into the trap of uh, living the American dream. You know, you have mm. to get a full-time job. You have to do the, and there's, trust me, I want to, here's the deal. I, ga I gave you an opportunity, bro, to like 
give a shout out to your wife and you mm-hmm. do that often, mm-hmm. I got to do the same thing, man. I have like a smoke show of a wife. <laughs> she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's absolutely everything that God knew that I needed in a woman. And he yoked us together and we are, dude, we're like yoked. Like yeah. every time I stumble, every time I fall, every time I'm a freaking idiot, she's <laughs> there to like carry the load. And the cool thing about that is I'm usually a freaking idiot. So she carries the load <laughs> oh, so much in this family. Come into agreement, bro. So, <laughs> <laughs> finally, there's some agreement here. No. And so anyway, she's, she's an amazing woman who wants to be provided for. And she has a, she's a, such a mother. She's mm. such a mother, bro. And she loves her kids. Yeah. And so there was probably some resistance, I would say, from her, definitely. And I don't think she'd – she's not here right now, so I can say this. Yeah, you can see what you want. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> there was some resistance to the idea of full-time ministry. Because you and I both know, bro, it's not like a life of luxury usually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that, that faith step it was never really something we were ever even talking about. Um, I still dreamed it kind of mm-hmm. on my own and probably outside of conversation with her. And that probably negatively affected us a lot Yeah, because I was dreaming like outside of my wife, you know, mm-hmm. and the last, I'd say the last year and a half or so, the Lord's really opened up a lane for, for her and I to come into agreement of at least having that conversation. Yeah. And it's open, you know, God's. So if you ask her today, if, if we're called to the ministry, she'll say, yeah, that's good. And so we're called to the ministry, bro. And I think early on, like I said, in my youth and early, early adulthood, all I really knew about ministry was like in the constructs of the church building. Mm-hmm. And so what made sense was, you know, I was, att- I was attracted to youth ministry. So what made sense was you go apply for a youth ministry position at some church. And then eventually you move up to be the associate pastor. And then he- Eventually, when you have fully arrived, <laughs> you become the, the the lead pastor of a church. Woo. Like that was my idea That's of the pinnacle. that was my idea of the ministry. Yeah. You know, yeah. And even though you are a pastor of a church, you would agree with me that it's not about like the job. It isn't about mm-hmm. the position or the title. And so that becomes performance based, I think, in a sense, when you do that. So you got to be very careful. I just want to say real quick, like, man, exuberating your wife is crucial in the ministry. And he, he alluded to it, guys. But like this does not happen without our women. Like, um, so I, I love when when men get up and honor their wives because Dude, that's not an easy position as a bride, watching your husband go through these struggles and go through these transitions and sleepless nights praying for some lost sheep or just, you know, sometimes disgruntled in the lack of progress. And she has to she has to assume that that is part of her. One of the things that I love about you and Jamie is you guys are all included. It's a package deal with you guys. And I see that from the way that she supports you and the way that you support her. One thing that I didn't understand early on in the ministry was that my wife has got to be at my right hand and I can't move forward without her. And I really think that you guys um, exuberate that very well, that you're a package deal. 
Yeah, I would agree with that, but I will say I don't know if this is on your list at all of questions, but like Yeah, we gotta hurry up. If if if, <laughs> if we're if we're talking about weaknesses at all, that was I would say that's definitely one of my biggest weaknesses is is like taking my wife for granted, bro. Mm. And not not vocalizing publicly how amazing my wife is. Mm. It's just one of those things that like I know it, I see it, and I think that's good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I've been privileged to have is like a, a few men in my life who absolutely are head over heels in love with their wives and they do it the right way. Mm. And I've, I definitely learned that from you a little bit too. Yeah. Um, and my wife makes sure that I've learned that from you as well. <laughs> you know, she's the type that, Hey, did you hear how Scott loved his wife? That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I heard that. That's cool. No, but I need to do that more, bro. Yeah. You know, like she's a stay at home mom taking care of this place, taking care of the, the family again, carries, i I promise you the bulk of responsibility in this household Mm. and she allows me to dream. That's awesome. She allows me to dream. And so I think for, for the longest time, I I really did just get used to just dreaming outside of her, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's easy for me to just go back to that place of God, what do you have for me? God, where am I called? God, what do you, you know, lead me, lead me, lead me. And the whole time he's like, you got a, you got a wife, bro. Mm-hmm. You're married to an amazing woman that I want to do this with you. Slow your roll or go pray with her right now and yeah. get, you know, let's get, let's get on board, get on the same page. That's good, man. That's really good. So, um, that's cool because like one of the questions I have on here, you jumped the gun with the weakness thing, but Boom. we, we can go back to that. Cause I'm sure there's many more. <laughs> I just but- told you what my weakness was. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about covenant and covenant relationship. I know this is kind of deeper stuff, but man, I think it's a deep season. I gave a a little prophetic the other day on Facebook about the deep calling to deep. And I believe that's where we're at right now. If we want to learn more, if we desire to be in a a better relationship with the King of Kings, then we're going to have to get to that deep place. So covenant relationship with Darren Eubanks, what does that look like from a ministry perspective? Yeah, I, I would say that I have struggled there also. Um, Bringing out the weaknesses. I, first of all, I will admit, and I will say that I just haven't had a whole lot of friends in the Mm. ministry. I haven't had a whole lot of friends in my life, um, willing to like walk alongside me. Um, and so I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get to where your point was. I don't know how else to really do this, but I feel like all I really knew about ministry was working inside the church, and I had all these dreams in my heart, and so I would try to do these things by myself and build these ministries, and you know, start these groups and do all these things and lead all these people, and I just I had a lot of relationships in my life where I was pouring into people but I didn't have anybody pouring into me for a really long time. And it was one of those things where I was like, well, that's just the cards I've been dealt, you know, and I got to just do this and I got to just kind of suck it up and, and do that. But I wasn't really hungry enough for those kind of relationships, I think. And I'll tell you what, man, the, the Lord, about five years ago, the Lord brought me, um, a really cool dude, Josh, little John, that, opened my eyes to so many things in regards to the kingdom and really everything that I am right now in the ministry and everything that I, uh, 
believe in in regards to kingdom identity and kingdom, this kingdom that we talk about so much, mm. that whole perspective came from Josh Littlejohn. Awesome. And he introduced me to Dan Moeller and some Dan Moeller teachings, and it just completely changed my world. And uh, through that relationship, some other relationships have, have come come upon me and um, just some cool ministry opportunities came from that. But to answer your question, bro, it is so freaking important to like have people to walk with, Mm. you know, it's so important that you have people, um, you know, God, I guess this would, this would answer the question. And I think I shared this with you a couple days ago, but the Lord really just laid it on my heart. I was kind of in this season of, um, transition out of some relationships and the Lord, the Lord really just shared with me that he really wants us to run this race and run this race well. And there's going to be people that don't want to run this race with you, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be people that just don't really want to be in relationship mm-hmm. with you. And that's, that's gotta be so okay with me. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be okay with me. And I want to get to a point where I'm running this race, bro. And I'm looking to my left and I'm looking to my right and I'm seeing who's running with me. And like, those are the ones that God has called me to run with. And without doubt, you're, you're the dude that's, that's been over the last couple of years, we've been running this race together. I remember answering phone calls from you as a young pastor. You were a young pastor at the time. And I think you were pretty new to this stuff too. And like you said, you got introduced to some, some guys that you've been praying about and you were calling me up crying, man, about mm-hmm. how rough this was and how tough this was to be a pastor. And I don't have like huge pastoral experience, but I felt like I had some supernatural wisdom in that moment to, to help you and mm-hmm. lift you up. And God knows, man, over this last six, seven months have been very, very rough for me. And you've been there with some supernatural wisdom. There's a reason God sent them out two by two. Yeah. There's a reason that he sent them out as, as pairs to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said about being yoked together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers no, your it's, question. No, it's very good, man. And I think um, there's an accountability to it. For me, you know, just to run wild and free with something is, is awesome, but it also can give way for a lot of leverage from uh, other things that don't need to be in the way. So... With all that, man, I, I really appreciate your stance on it and, and duly noting that, yeah, man, this is something that God has placed people in specific positions in our lives to uh, to correct, teach, and rebuke, right? Because that's what the Word of God does. And I, Lord knows I've, <clears throat> excuse me, I've need to be, um, to be rebuked a few times with some of the things in my life that I were allowing to take over, uh, the comfort and care that the Lord provides. So, uh, man, that's good. I, I really wanted to We're We're kind of getting toward, um, the end a little bit, but I, I got a few more questions. Um, I want, I want to get to for sure for Mr. Eubanks and his, um, his specific answer on lifestyle of ministry and, and just, uh, to get to know you, man, a little bit more, um, a little bit more intimately, if you will, um, with with the ministry. And uh, from from Darren's perspective, we've talked a little bit about weaknesses. Now I want to know about your strength, man. What do you feel like the Lord has called 
Darren to specifically, like he's handed over and entrusted this gift to Darren. What does that look like? Man, there are so many things. Good Lord. I just, I wrote, I wrote like a a notebook worth of stuff yesterday, just really practicing for this opportunity to talk about all the things I'm good at. He's kidding. He's kidding. That's a humongous joke, by the way. I, um, man, I'll be honest. I, I'm gifted with words. I'm, I am gifted at, um, being able to speak out a point, you know, um, I'm a writer. God's gifted me with the ability to write. So kind of a wordsmith, I guess I'm good at putting words together. And so that can also be a, a hindrance. And that can also be a negative. If you ask my wife right now, if that's a strength or a weakness, she will say weakness for sure. Because I tend to lean on my words a little bit too much sometimes. Um, but in the area of strength, bro, I feel like the Lord does give me words to say for people. A lot of times I have a real passion for, um, kingdom identity and helping people see who they are in the kingdom. I think that a lot of that comes from insecurities that, that I've had in my life. Hmm. Um, caring about what people think about me a lot. I had a real rough time in high school with, with some, some bullying and some, um, yeah, just, really coming through a a, a child that came through divorce, not really having a father figure around necessarily really trying to figure things out at a young age. Um, I care a lot about people and how they see themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would say a hundred percent correct, man. You're an encourager. And one of the things for me personally, beings we're sitting feet away from each other uh you you really are a pastor to pastors i know that i think you were resilient to accept that title like first off because we talked about that and it kind of i feel like it struck a little nerve with you but dude you really you really know how to reach people on a deeper level to honestly you said it to um show them who they really are and for me personally that was a big I was just learning this kingdom lifestyle when you, you know, kind of came along and you taught me so many things about myself that I didn't know. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, um, you know, I will show you things that you did not know, great and mighty things. And and God uses people to do that all the time. He, he uses a random stranger on the street, whether it be a word of knowledge or, you know, a prophetic seed spoken into you. Um, he will use that. He will use friends. He will use family, but I really think um, just looking back toward you, man, you're an encourager, bro. You really are. You want to see the edification of the body built up, and sometimes in ministry, that guy is just hard to stomach sometimes because there's so much truth behind the punch. It's not to tear down. It's to build up. And truth always touches the heart. And, you know, if we have a heart issue that we need dealt with, that truth will spur on and it'll spark some a fire inside of us. And we can actually look back as this thing, you know, grows to a raging inferno that like, man, I'm glad there was a catalyst for that spark. I'm glad somebody said something to me in that moment. And, you know, we've had phone calls, bro, where I'm like, at the end of the phone call, I'm like, you know, why do you have to bring that up? But then I sit back on it and I pray about it. And it's like, wow, that was God revealing 
the nature in me that didn't belong there because it's always, God's always trimming. He's always trimming us. He's always grooming us. He's continually um, pushing relationship with us in a loving way, you know, and I, and I think that you just exude some of those characters, bro. That's what an encourager does. Yeah, I think that's definitely the uh, the prophet in me too. Like kind of the prophet's mandate is yeah. to build up and tear down. And yeah. sometimes you have to do both, you know, and I, it's a, it's not something that I've, I've done well all the time. I definitely haven't stewarded these gifts perfectly all the time. I would say it's probably about 50, 50, mm. <laughs> you know, a lot of the things that I've torn down, I've had to rebuild because it was not in due time or it was out of crazy selfish motives or whatever. But man, I just, there, there's been, there's plenty of times that I struggle with, with my identity, mm. you know, and I can't get to a place where I let that keep me from helping other people with their identity, Yeah, you know, and I want to walk in the prophetic, bro. I want to be able to walk alongside Scott and alongside anybody who's willing to, to walk with me and see the gold in their heart, see the gold in their life and actually pull that out. Like I'm not calling myself like a prophet. I'm not to that point yet where I can boldly claim that, but there's definitely aspects of who I am that, that I believe are on the one end of the prophetic scale, you know? And one thing that a, a, a prophet is called to do, man, is to steward hearts. And so like, we all know about stewarding our own heart. You know, I'm responsible to steward my heart, but as a prophet, I'm also called to steward your heart. Mm-hmm. So those times that you don't see who you are, those times yeah. that you don't know which direction you're going, I'm called to actually look deeper mm. and to, to help you steer your heart in the direction that God wants it to go. And so that is a burning passion in my, in my life for sure to like help people see uh, that kingdom perspective. That's why kingdom is such a big word to me because there is a perspective that's different than ours. Yeah. You know, on yeah. earth, man, we have, we see things differently than God sees things, but we've, we've actually been invited to see things from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that's something that, um, I am gifted at is being able to see a kingdom perspective, maybe sooner than a lot of people do. Yeah. And so I can help them, um, see that same perspective over their life. Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, I want to just just give a little bit of info on just the practical application to what he's talking about. Um, let me just opening up myself being vulnerable in in this place. Uh, I was we were texting this week, man, and I was really struggling. I was in a place of I called it a lull, you know. And I think we can get to peaks and valleys in our in our walk, but just to know that the father's eyes are always on the sparrow. And if he's looking, um, and he's taking care of his sparrow, then man, what thoughts and visions does he have for us and us captivating the mind of the father, as the word says, who knows the mind of God that we can instruct him, but we have the minds of Christ. So there is an application to the vision. There is an application to noting, man, I may not get this right now. I can't, I can't look at it from a kingdom perspective, but the eyes of the father are still on me and nothing changes that absolutely nothing. And this is, you know, I was kind of explaining my feelings, quote unquote, to you today or the other day, um, praying for fresh anointing and fresh revelation. And this was your response to me 
just so if you want to get inside the mind of Darren Eubanks, this is a text message that he sent me personally. And I believe that this is not just for me, but for anyone that would hear it. He said, well, you're anointed, fulfilled, and equipped. So um, the things that I was hearing, basically, he's saying those are straight up lies. Um, and then he go, you know, he kind of went on to the two by two and how powerful that was, but or is, but you know, I, I guess you're very good, man. I'm, we're still on your strengths, by the way. You're very good at pulling the good out of people, showing people. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you see. That's not who you are. This is who you are, and that is a product of the nature of having relation with the father, man. And he desires that he designed it that way so that we could come to the revelation of who we are in him and not listen to what the world says about us. So I appreciate that about you, man. Um, okay. Here's the deal. Yeah. We're, we're running, we're running pretty short. So I got one more question and, um, hold on, hold on. That was me slapping my face. I'm ready to roll. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So this question, three minutes or less, what is, um, what is your biggest function as um, not just a churchgoer, but with what you've been entrusted to from God, what is Darren Eubanks' biggest function within the church, within the body of Christ? wrapped up all this stuff we've talked about in two and a half minutes now or less because I keep talking. What where is Darren Eubanks' stance right now in within the bride? And um I want I want to walk in the prophetic. I feel like that is something that when I found out about this prophetic, this kingdom perspective, this way of actually hearing from the Lord and helping people see things the way that he sees them that's missing in a lot of churches. Mm. And I feel like, um, that's something that is really passionate on my heart right now. So in the functioning within the church as a whole, right? Like the body of Christ you're talking Mm -hmm. about, Yeah, man, I have a desire to help churches. I have a, I have a passion for Christians. Yeah. Like I have a passion for, for Christians that are going to church like I did that, that show up and only see what they've been given and only shown. And I feel like I have, I have a passion to, to go deeper with them, to walk alongside them and show them that the Lord is still speaking. Mm-hmm. If you're out there right now and you think the Lord doesn't speak, he speaks. Yeah, He speaks in audible tones. Sometimes he speaks in a thought. He speaks in a, a whisper. He, he, he speaks through other people. He speaks through his creation. He speaks and I have a desire to help people hear that, see that, and I want them to just understand that this was never a moment, this was never a, a life that they were supposed to just be okay. Mm. This was not just a life that they're supposed to just show up to church, go home, go to work, and, and only get fed. Like, part of my testimony, bro, is I used to wake up every day believing that I was a sinner, I used to roll out of bed knowing that I was going to face all these temptations with pornography and lust and all these issues. And this new perspective that I have, I wake up in the morning knowing that I'm a son of the King. And so I want to walk alongside people. And you mentioned earlier about the pastors to being a pastor to pastors. That's passion. That's a passion of mine too. Pastors need 
encouraged, man. Yeah. Pastors need loved on. And so, um, I, I guess I'll say, I don't know for sure, <laughs> but I am passionate about the prophetic and I'm passionate about, um, building things. Like mm. I feel like when he says, uh, to renew your minds, there's a place where you need to renew your mind. Yeah. You know, that we're born again by the, by the renewing of our minds. And so helping people see things differently, hear things differently, and, and ultimately live their lives differently is a big passion of mine. And so if you're out there right now and you have a job opening at your church, I'd love to, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if that answers your question. No, it's good, man. Um, I, we, we could literally sit here all day and go over, um, just the giftings, uh, the goodness of the nature of the Father. And what he's entrusted to us, I mean, all that wrapped around, all those questions is that, you know, if you're listening into this, God has entrusted to you such a beautiful gift, man. Such a beautiful gift to uh, for you to give back. Because one of the things that I always say is, I've heard this before, and I really, when I applied it, it, it just made sense, but... You know, the best thing to do with your most prominent gift is to give it away. And when we do that, I believe that heaven opens wide and and, uh, the heavenlies kiss earth, man. God is pleased with what he sees. Um, So all that, man, I I just want to say to you, to the church um, at large, let's keep plowing, man. Let's keep plowing in the kingdom and keep planting good seed on good soil and, and watch the fruit come from our labor. Because as you said before, this isn't easy. Uh, I like to say this faith walk ain't no cake walk, but it's, but it's not as hard as we make it sometimes. Yeah, for sure. So won't you pray us out of here, bro? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for every single ear that's tuned into this right now. We thank you for every every moment that we get to take in your kingdom message, your, uh, your love for us, Father. We thank you for every moment that we get to just sit and, and partake in what you're giving us, God. And so I thank you for this platform for Scott and I. I thank you that we have the privilege and the opportunity to speak out all the things that you're putting on our heart. And I just pray blessing over each person right now that's listening to this. I pray that they, if they don't have a person that they're walking with, Father, I pray that you bring that person to them right now. I pray, Father God, that they find a moment to get alone with you and to sincerely ask for you to provide to them a partner to walk this out with, Father. And we thank you for that. And I pray right now for supernatural relationships. Mm. I pray for supernatural encounters with with other people, Father God, that you're going to bring people to them. And so right now, if that's you, I just pray that you put your hand over your heart. Father God, I pray that you bless their heart right now. You prepare their heart for a brand new relationship with someone. You prepare their heart to be opened up to a whole new world of relationship with the person that you're going to bring into their life. Mm. And we thank you for that, Father. I thank you for all the blessings you've given us. And we just thank you so much for what you're doing and for allowing us to be a part of it with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So happy to be here again. Remember to check us out on Facebook at KB Podcast. Check out Building Solutions online. Shoot us an email at thekingdombringers at gmail.com. And until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.
Thank you.